0: Coming up on this episode of the BMW Motorrad Ride and Talk podcast, an ordinary guy making the extraordinary decision to travel the world on his BMW motorcycle. Take a listen. Over the years, I've had the privilege of riding BMW motorcycles all over the world. And the one thing I've come away with is that the only thing more extraordinary than the ride are the people you meet along the way. These are their stories. My name is Sean Thomas, and this is BMW Motorads. Ride and Talk. It's just far more
1: than a motorcycle ride now. It's about the people you meet, the places you go. And, you know, I'd like to think sometimes that I'm changing the way they're thinking about life, and they're certainly changing how I'm looking
0: at life. Sometimes when we meet a person who's engaged in something extraordinary, we might look at them and think to ourselves, I want to be more like this person. I want the drive and courage and skill to do what this person is doing. Well, last July, my producer, Louise Powers, and I met Chris Hall at the BMW Motorrad days in Berlin, and I thought to myself, Chris is one of those people. Unlike those who seem born to tackle insurmountable obstacles in life, Chris was just an ordinary guy with a house, a family, and a dream. A dream to travel the world on a motorcycle. And when Chris saw a chance to make this dream come true, he did what it took to make it happen. Recently, during a break in his travels, we got to sit down with Chris and learn about his amazing journey, what inspired him and where he plans to go next. So Chris, yes, um, I want to bring you to a moment in time that was significant for me. And, and I think significant for you in a very different way. It was 2020. And I, I think yeah. around that time you were the <laughs> <laughs> hopping on your motorcycle and, and taking off on an adventure. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's right. So were you planning on this trip ahead of time? Was this something you were going to do or did it come up spontaneously?
1: Um, my whole life I've dreamed about riding a motorcycle around the world. And I tell people all the time when I was younger, I was a little boy on a, on a mini bike and I would leave and my mom would say to me, so what did you see today? And I would say, okay, well, I I had a hot dog with this family and I seen a deer and a and a bird or whatever it was and really I tell people now that I'm really the same person but a man on a motorcycle riding around the world meeting people my mom's still asking me what did you do and so in answering your question yes it was something that I dreamed about my whole life didn't expect it to happen this early in my life but given some um, fortunate things that happened around 2020 it happened a lot sooner than I expected.
0: This is really interesting, isn't it? Because so often we look at the shutdown as nothing but a negative. And in a lot of ways, it was really rough, of course, very rough on people. And it still is to this day, but sure. we, did, we were able to clean some positive elements out of it. And this trip is certainly an example. Yeah.
1: I think so too. I mean, uh, Everyone that I've met along the way has their own stories of what COVID did or the pandemic did for them. And I don't want to sound selfish, but for me, it opened up the doors for a lot of things. I was able to cross Canada and just normal tourist places that were so full, I was able to take advantage of myself. And to be honest, thinking back to when I was in the Yukon, I thought I'll never have this solitude again in my life. So I was able to experience two and a half months almost by myself in the Yukon. And it also makes you appreciate that downtime and seeing the world and seeing people and just taking it all in and living a dream that I've wanted for so long. I guess that's, that's what I wanted to say.
0: One of the things that people ask us about Louise more than me, because this is a world <laughs> that she understands far more than I do is the difficulties of border crossings going from country to country. I can oh, I can only imagine it was a little more difficult when each country had their own responses to the pandemic?
1: It definitely was a challenge. But like everything we're doing in life, I say this all the time, too. There's a challenge or there's a lot of work or everyone would be doing it. But with COVID, I remember once flying home for Christmas. I think it took a week to get ready. Hmm. When I was home for the week, I probably spent more time getting ready to go back with COVID tests, certain timeframes, leaving Canada, landing in Ireland, four-hour motorcycle ride to get to the ferry to make sure that the time frame still worked with the COVID tests. But I think there were f- so many rewards to it that I have no regrets leaving. And and lots of people said when I crossed Canada that, you know, people are going to throw stones at you and they're not going to accept that you're traveling and they're not. So I really didn't know how people were going to take it. And I was a little quiet at first, but people seemed to embrace it and started to follow the journey when they were having even difficulties at home, I was able to travel and they were able to see things. So
0: I I think it worked for the people at home and for myself. A lot of people make it a goal in their lives to travel internationally. Heck, when I sold motorcycles, so often the people that came and bought bikes bought them saying, I have plans for a big trip. And their motorcycles, Often ended up getting used for the usual commuting to work and little weekend rides and <laughs> yes. and uh, maybe short trips, but nothing big. What is, what is it that it takes to make the leap from I'm a casual enthusiast with a dream to doing it? I think that you need to say that you're going to do something and just
1: go through with it. And mm. you have to realize that it's not always going to be easy. Like everything that we just talked about in life takes a lot of hard work. But I've always been one to, once I said I was going to do something, so right from the beginning, I remember that night, and I've talked about this a lot, I talked about it in the video, I had a bath and the water filled my ears, much like when it goes quiet in your helmet, I often say when my helmet goes on and it goes quiet, I feel this incredible sense of freedom. But anyways, I had a bath that night, the water filled my ears and it went quiet, and I just made a decision, I'm going to do this, whether it's right or wrong. People say I'm crazy, people say I shouldn't be doing it, but I just decided I'm going to do it. And whatever happens from that moment on, I've made my decision, I played my play. And from that moment forward, my house sold the next day, my my car sold the following week, wow. and I was on my way. Even when I was leaving in the wintertime, you know, people said, you can't do this. And I think that fuels me even more to do what I want to do in life. And, and it's not so crazy. People think it is, but it's just, it's not the life for everyone, but it's the life that I've, I've chose for me. And when I feel very passionate about something and I believe in it, I will give it everything I have. And that's how I feel I'm treating this journey and all the experiences
0: with it. You know, when I was younger, I used to work on a sailboat and we used to have a sailing path we would take that was about 25 miles or 40 kilometers, uh, shore to shore, and we had to go in the middle of the bay in, in Monterey Bay in California. And there was a day in particular where we went out and it was really foggy, and very yeah. quickly when we got onto the bay, I lost sight of the shore, and it was gone for hours. I couldn't see it, and that was really scary. And as you're describing selling your house in a day and say, I'm going to do it. Like, I, I appreciate that tenacity, but there had to be a moment um, somewhere along the lines where you said, Oh,
1: what have I there's, done? There hasn't been many. And you know, people joke that I'm, I'm lucky. I believe that you make your own luck, but the very first night I left, it was freezing cold, foggy, rainy, just like you said, I think the weather affects us so much. And I thought, you know, what am I doing? I've got a whole journey ahead here. Am I even going to make it to the Arctic Circle? And even if I do, but if it's one thing I've learned about this journey is to trust yourself and trust what you believe in and and really just giving it the 110% if it doesn't work out. I really believe in that's all you can ask of yourself, right? So back to your when you said, when I did all this and I made my play, a lot of people criticized and said he didn't think it out, but I did. And once I made my decision, I was on my way. And to be honest, I really never looked back. And it just keeps getting better and better.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? We we could seek advice from people that we care about, uh, or strangers are certainly willing to give us their advice. And and you don't have to go very far to find somebody that says this isn't a good idea. Don't do it. Almost
1: always, and I often tell a story to tell a story. But I met someone once in Portugal who wanted to go for a ride, and I'll make this really quick and she didn't want to go over the edge of the mountain. And I told her, you know, trust me in what I'm doing. I'll never put you in harm's way. But here's how the story goes. We went over the edge and she started screaming a little bit like, no, 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 don't, don't go, don't go. And then as soon as we went over the edge, she went, oh my God, it's beautiful. And I stopped really fast. And I looked at her and I said, you know, that's what we all do in life. We're all afraid to go over the edge a little bit and take a risk. But when we get there, it's absolutely beautiful. And I think not everyone, but a lot of people spend their life thinking of going over and never do. And it's it's something that I try and teach people is just believe in yourself, believe in your goals, and you're going to see what's on the other side of that mountain.
0: We're digging pretty deep into the philosophy of riding and I love it, but I have to remember mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't know who you are and what you did. Can you tell us where you've been so far on this adventure?
1: Okay, so it started... Late in 2020, and my my goal was to go to Tuktoyaktuk, which is the most northern spot in Canada.
2: You were going north in October. Yes, for, but, for anyone who lives anywhere near the equator or <laughs> the southern hemisphere, <laughs> yeah, that was is minus, going from freezing to more freezing in yes, the winter it's, time. Okay, I yes, just want to so, paint that picture. When, <laughs>
1: And, and there's, I made videos because I didn't want to portray when I started my journey, it wasn't exactly like I thought because, but that's part of journeys and that's part of adventures is always adapting. So I started off with my SUV, even though it was sold and I went and bought a brand new cheap 12 foot trailer and I put a little diesel heater in it, no insulation, no anything. So I packed the bike up, I built a bed out of plywood in an afternoon and off I went. And it was minus 15, minus 20. And I would use this diesel heater to keep me warm. And that got me all the way across Canada to the Yukon where I stopped, got out of the trailer and left it behind, obviously. But I made it all the way to Tuktoyaktuk. That was my main goal. And there was so much adversity. There was two weeks of isolation in Whitehorse, eight days in Inuvik, $300 a night. I had to get three COVID tests. Yeah. And it took three weeks of paperwork. So I literally was in the Yukon for two and a half months waiting to see if I would get to Tuktoyaktuk. And, you know, I had heard the rumors that it was closed in the United States to go more south. But I turned, I swam in the Arctic Ocean, the Beaufort Sea. And my plan was to drive to the Antarctic Ocean in two years, but COVID stopped me. So basically I got on the phone and I found a boat that would take me to England. And of course, it's October and it's not the nicest weather to be going to England. But I did I did um, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and then I voted to Spain and Portugal. And then from Spain, I went back up through Portugal to France, Switzerland, Germany, Denmark. I ferried for three days to Iceland. I spent the month of June in Iceland. Let me see, back across, back into Sweden, back into Denmark, flew home for a break, came back, back up to Sweden, Finland down to Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. And that's where I thought it got really interesting back into Poland, Hungary, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Romania, Bulgaria into Turkey, wow. Turkey to Greece, Greece to Albania, Bosnia, Montenegro to Croatia, where the bike's sitting now. So in front of me, there's a piece of paper and I'm taking a ferry um, from Croatia to Italy. Wow, And then from Italy to Morocco and I'll be in Morocco, Africa. That's amazing. I was
0: thinking as he was describing riding in that amazing cold, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of our listeners listen to this podcast and are listening right now from their cars as they commute. And I'll bet that at least a few of them turned up the heat a little bit. Yep. as you're describing sure. riding I, in these
1: incredibly cold places. I have seen a lot of cold weather. I saw minus 15, minus 20 in Ontario, Manitoba and, and the Yukon. And I saw a lot of snow in Portugal. I hit a big storm and was stranded for three days. And it's something that, you know, I get people joke as a Canadian, oh, you must be fine in the weather, but it's wore off a little bit. The novelty of riding a GS in the snow, you know, yeah. it's exciting, but it's also, it, it's okay when you're by yourself in the middle of nowhere, but I I don't like freeways and snow. But, um, but a lot of the days when I get off a motorcycle in the cold weather and people say, are you crazy? If I was on a snowmobile, they would say, oh, nice day. It's, it's, it's probably nice weather. So it's all about perception. And the gear that we have today is so good that you can really, as long as you can get traction, you should be comfortable. And tell us about the bike that you rode on this trip so i'm riding a 2020 uh, bmw gs 1250. yeah and i have had absolutely no issues with it for two years nice. i've replaced you know brake discs i think i've gone through 15 sets of tires now
2: oh, i was so 30 how tires, many tires you've wow. been through.
1: <laughs> yeah um, three sets no five sets of brakes and three sets of discs because there's so much off-road but the bike really has been perfect. I don't have a name for her call or call her my girl, but I think I've been pretty hard on it. Some people say they do a lot of off-road, but I think you can tell by the videos where I've put that motorcycle. And I've been stranded due to charging too many batteries, but the bike has never let me down. So I, I can't say enough about my bike,
2: yeah.
0: So you mentioned some of the places you've been and, and you some of the videos. I, I think you just sort of skimmed over something that, that I think is really cool. Which is some of the photography and the videos that have come out of what you do are just extraordinary art. Now, where is this coming from? Are you a photographer uh, um, as a hobby or where's that at?
1: No, not at all. In fact, if my boss was here, she'd tell you that I'm not tech savvy at all. Again, it goes back to things that I've been passionate about in life. I've always loved music. I think I've always maybe have a little ocd but attention to detail when i was racing everything had to be a certain way i'm still like that to this day so i think my videos are really just a passion of music motorcycles and sharing my journey and i do it on my telephone i don't even carry a laptop with me Wow. Um, i really i really am just going along finding my way and finding what works for me and researching it and researching it over and over again with youtube I love it so much that I can spend hours and hours and, and sometimes it takes three, four hours just to do the first 30, 40 seconds. Wow. And, uh, but it's something I love doing and I'm slowly learning to get better. And I, something I said in my retirement that I, I always wanted to continue learning. So for me, it's just like documenting my journey, but I definitely want to get better and with better drones and better cameras and better gimbals. It's, um, yeah. It's something I just really, really love to do as much as I love riding the motorcycle. Nice.
0: One of the big struggles that I have when I'm on any sort of trip is just remembering to <laughs> yes. take the photos, take the video. And you're doing more than that because you've got a drone as well. And that's yeah, no small deal to get that up in the air and do your thing. No, it's it's a constant uh,
1: effort every day. and And like you said, if you if I if I stop for a while and I'm not into it, I think my day just slides into riding. But yeah. I'm just I'm just so passionate about making videos that every time I see something that's worth what I think is worth videoing, I stop. And I've learned that I'll edit it out later. But I think people would be surprised how much time I spend getting a drone in and out. Even the times that I don't use it because it wasn't as spectacular as I thought. Mm. Or that I'll take 150 clips and I have to get it to roughly 30, 40 clips, and then I spend 10 hours in a final edit, but I still love doing it, so I'm not complaining.
2: (laughs) I I feel like as we uh, see your videos come out, especially like on social media, people are fascinated by what they get to see kind of through your eyes. It, it wasn't
1: like this at first. The The idea in the very beginning when I went on a trip when I turned 50 using video and pictures was just to show my family I'm still alive. <laughs> it really was. And, and I learned how to just throw a couple video clips and the pictures into the quick app, I think, with uh, GoPro. And then it just progressed from there. And then this inspiring other people, I think that it keeps me busy. It keeps me with a motivation and gives me a purpose on my trip. I didn't know when I started how it would affect people. But now that I have two years under my belt, I think people believe my story. I think they believe how happy I am. And there is nothing more rewarding personally for making a video sometimes and seeing how I'm growing making videos. But also when people tell me, One, they never, they didn't know that Slovakia was that beautiful or the Czech Republic, or, you know, we met you yesterday on the road and my husband and I got talking and, you know, you really inspired us to just, we're going to go buy those kayaks we talked about. So it is rewarding. It really is.
0: One of the things that I appreciate about you, Chris, is that you're not a terribly big self promoter. And, you know, you went out and you did your thing and you have footage for people to enjoy if they're interested, but, you know, you don't, I don't find you pushing any agenda on anybody or any sponsorships on anybody and that sort of thing. You're just out doing your thing to do it. And I, I find that there are a lot more people that travel the world like that than I thought there were because (laughs) so many people that I hear about are people that are self-promote pretty aggressively and that's not a bad thing. But, but I also find that people in your situation don't always make these memories for people to see. They do it for themselves and we never even know about them. And I find it must be an interesting balance for you to straddle those two.
1: It is. And I I'm in a good position in life where I don't have to have sponsors if I could. I have to decide soon if I want to go bigger or stay where I am with this program. The bigger it gets, the more the harder it is to be intimate with people that you should be talking with. Right. Yeah. I would like to start speaking at motorcycle shows or possibly at schools. And um, who knows who who knows who I'm going to work with. And I still have a lot left to give. So I think things are going to open up. Yes.
0: Now, along your travels, one of the places that we saw you and got to enjoy a little time with you is at Motorrad Days, which you I understand you made a dedicated trip to be there for in the middle of your travels. What what inspired that, I wonder? I don't know if I misunderstood the beginning
1: of the when the BMW talked about that party being the 40th anniversary, but what even if it wasn't the 40th to be in Germany for that kind of party to celebrate our brand that we all love, or just motorcycles in general, in my journey was something I wanted to do. There was people in the industry I wanted to meet. And even through circumstances, I was able to meet some people at BMW just by chance, nothing to do with a, it was in a line in coffee. So um, I think it really came down to just celebrating the brand of BMW in Germany for such a big event. How could it not be something I'd want to do? You know?
0: Yeah. That oh, was really nice to meet you there, by the
1: way. Yeah, yeah, same, same with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I sorry. always think of you as the guy in my that was talking to me, trying to hook up my communication system in my <laughs> helmet, because <laughs> I'm not a tech guy. I've <laughs> played on YouTube so many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And
2: that's it's really funny that you say that because, of course, you know, I I watch your videos and I see what you post in all of social media, and my assumption, which I would. I, I think other people think the same way is that you are a tech guy and you're yeah. like, you're highly refined in it, but it sounds like you're learning as you go. And that in itself is inspirational. I, I think mean, for, yeah. you know, the rest of us who want to travel and share, you know, what we do, it's like, oh, you yeah. weren't perfect at this when you started. Maybe I can, I, think I can do that too. I'm
1: I'm doing it on an iPhone pro 11 with a, a Osmo five gimbal. GoPro nine and a drone and I'm using mostly my drone now, you know, and just learning as I go and just learning exactly what I need to do to make the video like I'd like to make it. And um, you don't need all the fancy stuff. You don't need a laptop and all the big programs. I tried it and it just didn't work for me. So, yeah, the phone is working fine. And, you know, you can only take so much on a motorcycle. So my decision in the beginning not to go with a laptop. Um, I've since added a small tablet cause I have to upgrade and downgrade the drones and other programs. But yeah. um, right now it works on my phone and I don't see any reason why I have to get any more technical and keep it simple. But sure. it really comes down to, if you love to, to do something, every detail yeah. makes a difference and every detail I love doing. So it's all coming together.
0: Now, Louise and I try to go somewhere fun in the world on motorcycles at least once a year. Now, luckily, we get to do it more often than yeah. that, but, but <laughs> yes. we rotate around. Uh, and she keeps coming back to me after watching your videos and saying, we should go here. We should go here. We should go here. And the latest yes. one is Iceland. Yeah, she's, yes. we, we need yeah. to go to Iceland. Let's get a group together and go to Iceland. Is that is that where we need to go?
1: Well, I mean, every country has its own beauty in its own way, but Iceland didn't seem like Earth sometimes. Hmm. There was enough... Um, challenge to keep me on my toes at all times where I went I spent very little bit little time on the on the ring road number one but with the challenges of Iceland I will say with the wind the rains and it was the coldest June in 30 years Mm. um, it was definitely a challenge but when I see the videos I, I will tell you they're the ones that affect me the most I get this feeling like like I did conquer something by myself for four weeks and there's this bird there that vibrates its tail and you hear it 24 seven around the clock. Uh, And when I hear that bird in the video, it brings me right back to the challenges of being alone in Iceland, not many people there. And some of the roads that I chose, I knew that one mistake I'd be walking a long time. So to me, adding to the challenge, also, there's a reward of just going places with your motorcycle that most people don't see. And, you know, on an adventure bike, the places that you can go.
0: There's a theory that I dance with in motorcycling and it's the, oftentimes I'm, I go to events and they tell you, you need to leave your ego behind when you do this, you know, that your ego has no place here. And I, and I always think, you know, that's a kind of a mistake, I think, because you need enough ego to get yourself to do it in the first place and you need enough to push yourself, but then you need more still in order to turn back from something that is maybe too far over your head because it stings. If you you want to go to a place or take on an obstacle that you realize is too much for you and you have to be, have a strong character, a strong ego, if you will, in order to turn back in that moment. What say you?
1: You have to be confident enough in yourself to do some of these passes that I've done, like the one in Spain or the last one in the Transalpina in Romania. You're alone for hours. That day was icy and the puddles were frozen. So when you broke through the puddles you knew that wasn't going to hold you, but when you fell down, the sheet of ice would hit the bottom and you would spin. And one, one decision is wrong or you take the wrong road and get stuck and you're like in really big trouble. But I think it adds, it adds to the, uh, the challenge of the trip and also adds an element that when you're alone, it's as much part of the trip as everything is the mental part of thinking where I can and can't go and, just even pushing it sometimes to a spot to get a picture on the side of a hill. I've I've been in a spot where I'm like, okay, I think I pushed it too, went too far down the hill here, I'm spinning a bit and your heart drops. But it also is a huge reward to put your bike in places that uh, many just won't see. And I can compare that to just coming back from Turkey to Croatia on freeways. I didn't really see a whole lot for six days that was that really, really interesting. Hmm. But when you're on the motorcycle, or a van or whatever, and you're off the beaten path, the things that you're going to see are truly more amazing than you're going to see on the normal road.
2: Mm.
0: You make it a point to get home from time to time, and you do have family waiting for you, yeah?
1: I do. I have uh, two kids, yeah. and I have two parents that I, I miss all the time but they also know that this is a big dream of mine and I've been a big dreamer my whole life and my mom and dad have always been there for my sister and I and anything we ever inspired to do so back to what we said earlier it doesn't matter what you do in life there's a sacrifice and my sacrifice is just that decision to be away from home but also it's a good time my parents are healthy my kids don't need me they're all done school their educations are, are finished and they're into the work world now and for me, it was just—it was almost like it was meant to be. And I always say things happen, and you make your reason. But the timing of COVID, the timing of my company, the pension, my kids finished school, my parents healthy, everything just just worked out at the right time, at the right spot in life to do this. Mm. Yeah. But don't think for a minute that there's nights I am Facetiming my family, and I think, wow, they're they're. I can see my dad, and he's getting older, and yeah. me too, but. But it's something I love to do, and I don't want to have any regrets when I'm 85 rocking on that chair. I want to look back and think I did everything that I at least
0: tried to do. There's a somebody I respect very much that said to me, we often think of decisions as being three options. Yes, no, or maybe I'll think about it. And he said, you have to make it two. You must make it two decisions. Yes or no. Do it or don't do it. Yeah, don't think about so it true. forever because you will think forever
1: yes you can procrastinate forever ever and and i've met i've met men before that have stopped and almost in tears told me son you ride that motorcycle until you can't ride it anymore because Mm. there's going to be a day when when you can't Mm. and i never want to be the type of person that just thought they put it off too long and that goes for a lot of people i think that have retired i i know there's people that have more money than i do that are still working and if that's what they choose to do that's great but you know, it's easy to look ahead and think, okay, I got this shutdown coming, or I got this project coming, or I yeah. want to work three more years. And, and in most cases, people don't spend all the money. They worked hard for their entire life. And I bet you, yeah, they would tell you they wish they'd retired sooner and did what they wanted to yeah. do.
0: Yeah. So there's true. this fancy furniture store, not far from me. And I went and sat in one of those like chairs that they make for people to be comfortable for hours, you know, and it just, you can push a button and your feet go up and the back goes back and it sort of massages your back. And I went, Oh yeah. You know, this is in my future. I don't need it now. Like I got to ride motors
1: someday right now, but I'll yeah, be someday. really happy. <laughs> well, someday we will all have a time where we can't ride them and we'll be, I want to be able to look back at this and think, you know, I really did it. And I've had those kind of moments already where it just hits you for whatever reason. Uh, you just think, ah, I'm doing it. I, I really am doing it.
0: Chris, how can people follow your adventures and find out more about you? Okay,
1: well, my name on Facebook is Chris Hall with a K, but it's going to change pretty soon to KDH Adventures. My YouTube and my Instagram is KDH Adventures. Hmm. Do you have an end
0: dated in mind or is this going to go in perpetuity?
1: Well, when I started, I thought two years to go from Tuck 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 to the, the Arctic Circle to the Antarctic. So that's changed. And now I've been two, two years and I'm really just kind of finishing up the European Union. So Africa's next. So I'm thinking one year for Africa, one year for Asia to get to Australia, I hope to New Zealand, and then the big boat across to Argentina where I'm gonna come all the way back up. And when I get to the USA, I'll go home and get my van. I'm gonna do the USA and, the, and Canada back to the Arctic Circle with a van and my bike. But I'm thinking that's going to be 2026. But if it's one thing I've learned about these adventures is don't put a time frame on anything. I don't know when it's going to end. I often tell people that I'm nowhere near finished. And I'd like to say I'm not even half done yet.
0: Hmm. We've absolutely enjoyed following you this far and looking forward to continuing on. It really has been nice getting to know you and your adventure. And I'm looking forward to more. Thank you very much for that. Rock on, my brother. Okay.
1: All right. Thank you very much.
0: We very much hope you have enjoyed this episode. We want to hear from you, so please rate, comment, and share your thoughts about this podcast. We have many more episodes on the way, so please subscribe, follow along, and share your requests for future episodes of the BMW Motorrad Ride & Talk podcast.